0: Jesus, we thank you this morning as we've sung, because you live, we live. We thank you. It's wonderful to know, like Paul knew, and like he said, it's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. And Lord, we thank you that not only are you for us, not only are you with us, but you're in us. As the hope of glory, we thank you, Lord, for the wonderful life, your life that's inside us. We thank you that we can testify today that whilst we know that the enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy, you have come that we might have life and life more abundantly. And We thank you. For that abundant life inside us. No matter what's happening in this world around us. We thank you for the wonderful abundance of life that you give. And everybody said, Amen. Come on, let's give Jesus a big, huge shout this morning as you take your seats. Hallelujah. Well... I was just thinking over this week, and um, next week, it's going to be 30 years that I've been a Christian. Woo! You know, I was just thinking about that this morning. It just came to me in my spirit. 30 years. 30 years that I've been a Christian next week. And you know... As I began just to think about that time, about that 30-year period in my life. I began to look and think about how Jesus has treated me. Oh, he's treated me well. Is there anybody in the house this morning that he's treated well? He's treated me so well. He's treated me so good. He's never pointed his finger at me. In fact, he's never come to me and rubbed my nose in my sin. There's been a lot of sin in those 30 years. Too much sin that I could never remember it all. Even whilst being a Christian. And yet Jesus has never come pointing out those sins. Jesus has never come to me with an angry shout. Have you ever been shouted at? Have you ever felt fear? Have you ever seen the anger on somebody's face and the rage inside their eyes and the voice of anger coming out of their heart? Do you know what? I look back on 30 years and Jesus never once, never once in those 30 years has ever raised his voice. Has never come to me with an angry scowl. Has never ever once, made me feel threatened, made me feel fearful, ever, not one moment. But I look back on those 30 years, and as you can look back on the years that you've been following Him, and you'll be able to see too, the smile on His face, the joy in His heart, the peace that He so freely gives The endless, the endless comfort and blessing and favor that he brings the moment that he comes near. Oh, it's wonderful. It's wonderful to look back sometimes on all of the good things. I encourage you to look back on the times where Jesus has led you through. And I guarantee you. It'll be a great source of encouragement, a great source of blessing. And I began to look back this morning, just began to reminisce, began to think how he's done miracles and how it's caused me. Just, it just melts you. It melts you. He comes in when you're in need. When you need a miracle. When, you, when, when, when maybe finances are low. Or, or when you're just low emotionally and you can't go on. And you feel as if you're at the end of things. And suddenly he comes in and he breathes comfort by the Holy Spirit. He breathes strength. Paul prayed for the Ephesians church that they might be strengthened in the inner man. How many times has he strengthened you in the inner man when you can no longer walk? When you want to give up? When you're at the lowest moment, David one day found himself in a pit, a horrible pit, a miry clay, a place like a swamp that he couldn't get out of. An awful, awful place and he waited patiently for the Lord and suddenly he found the Lord in that pit, lifting him out and not just lifting him out, but placing his feet on solid ground. How many times across this place has Jesus strengthened you? Has Jesus given you that joy that has become a source of wonderful strength in the midst of adversity, in the midst of difficulty, in the midst of uncertainty? He comes and he lifts up your head. He's not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. How many times when... You've been struggling as that sound mind kicked in and giving you fresh understanding and fresh perspective and newness of life. It's wonderful to look back at all of the occasions where the Holy Spirit has come to you in a personal way, in a way that's so intimate and so connected with you. It's wonderful to look back and see that. You see, He's for you. He's not against you. He's for you making it. He's for you going through. He's for you. Like Stacy said this morning, even though the storm, it may feel that you're being shaken and broken apart. No, God's preparing you to go forward. He's settling you. He's strengthening you to go through. So don't give up. Oh, it's wonderful to see those times. See those times where God has come close. To We live in Him. We move in Him. We have our being in Him. You know, on one occasion I remember I had to get a word from God and I thought, in my mind, I thought, do you know what? I'm going to go downstairs five o'clock in the morning and I'm going to get my word from God. It's going to be fantastic. So I set my alarm clock. I went to bed all excited. I went to bed motivated. I'm going to get up at five in the morning and I'm going to seek God. And the alarm went off. And when I woke up, I didn't wake with the same excitement that I went to sleep with. Oh, I woke in my slumber, and I woke struggling to open my eyes. And my weary little body managed to get out of bed. Faye was snoring next to me. But it's a beautiful snore. It's a musical snore. <laughs> one you could sing to. She snores in tune every night. <laughs> and I went downstairs and I got on my knees. I started praying. Started waiting. Lord, I've come from your word. I've come to ask you to speak to me. And I was in five minutes, ten minutes 15 minutes in, and then suddenly, the still small voice came. Wonderful. As it does, the Holy Spirit, the voice of the counselor, the voice, the Holy Spirit, the helper, the one that comes alongside you when you need him to speak to you. He speaks to you, and he said this to me, Dave, what are you doing down here? What are you doing down here, son? Go back to bed. You're just down here because you've been reading those old books of men that I spoke to. And you're just trying to walk in footsteps that I designed for them, but I didn't design for you. You're just following their path. I want you to follow me. Go back to bed, son. So I run straight back up into bed, covers over my body, couched into Fay, lovely and warm. Ooh, it was lovely. She was still snoring. I went to sleep and started snoring with her. We had a full orchestra. But I say that to say this, you see. Something that God said to me there, he said, Dave, you're seeking me, but Five o'clock in the morning, I'm not seeking you. I'll talk to you when I'm good and ready. Now, listen, there are some people here and the Lord has told them to get up four o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the morning and pray right through the night. And they, they have got a life to do it. They have got an anointing to do it. Why? Because Jesus has commanded them to do it. And they are out of obedience, pray, all kinds of things into being. And bring wonderful things about in the church that we never know about because they're in the secret place. Praying it through. And they are under orders to do what God has commanded them to do. So I'm not decrying that. But you see, the Holy Spirit hadn't told me to do it. He said, I'll meet you when I want to meet you. And I'll talk to you when I want to talk to you. So, this is how it happened. I'm at the, the the table serving tea. And there's a big, huge argument. Kids are fighting and screaming. And it's absolute chaos. It's a massive storm. Kids are throwing food across the table. There's backbiting and arguing. And I'm trying to sort this, that, and the other out. There's Faye coming in and trying to correct it. And suddenly... There's an uplift in my spirit, and God begins to connect with me. God begins to speak to me. And I say, Lord, why now? In the midst of this, in the midst of this confusion and this chaos, and then out in the supermarket, just doing menial things, shopping, My mind a million miles away from God, and suddenly the Holy Spirit washes in and begins to talk and walk with me down the aisles while I'm putting the peas and the corn and the veg in the trolley and listening to Faye's command, go get that, go get this. No, she never commands me. She's fantastic. But what I'm trying to say is this, you see, we can't ever put God into a box, He'll talk to you anywhere he wants to talk to you. And whether that's five o'clock, two o'clock in the morning, as he's commanded some to do, or whether it's out there in the busyness of life, in the office, in your university, at home when the kids are going crazy, drawing all over the walls, and you feel, my God, I haven't got the will to live anymore. I'm trying to get everything right here. I'm trying to be a good parent. And suddenly he comes. Suddenly he speaks. Suddenly there's calm in the midst of the storm. And he begins to talk to you. You see, that's how it is for many of us. It's not going to be down on your knees in a cold living room at five in the morning. But let's flow with the Holy Spirit. Let's allow the Holy Spirit to design it his way because he knows best what, how, how you need him to speak to you on a daily basis, moment by moment. He knows it. He knows how to do that, you see. Remember, one occasion, I was in the kitchen, all alone. I wasn't cooking. I was just there, looking at the cooker, admiring it. And um, I started to talk to the Lord. And I said this to him. I said, Lord, and I've said this before. I said, Lord, I love serving you. And suddenly, that statement from my mouth drew the attention of the Holy Spirit. And he suddenly came. While well, I'm in the kitchen. You see, sometimes there's words from our mouth that come from our heart. From a heart of faith and a heart of love and a heart that wants to connect with God. And suddenly all of heaven will be drawn to that statement. It's like Dale said this morning, it's not the big necessarily that God is interested in. Sometimes it will be in a kitchen, in an empty home, out walking with nobody there. And suddenly there'll be a cry from your heart and heaven will be drawn to that faith and that trust. And that longing for connection with Him. I'm telling you now. The moment God finds a heart that is passionate and hungry and desperate for His presence. The moment that God finds a heart that wants to connect with Him. All of heaven will attend to it. The Holy Ghost will come. In wonderful strength and power and intimacy and connect with you. And I said, Lord, I love serving you. And suddenly he interrupted me. And he said, you're not serving me. And immediately in the silence, I recoiled from pride and and frustration. And I said, Lord, what do you mean? I interrupted him. I said, Lord, what do you mean I'm not serving you? And I began to list all of the things that I thought I was doing well which didn't amount to very much, I can tell you. My God, when you stand before the King of Kings and the Lord of glory and heaven itself and the cloud of witnesses and innumerable angels and you have the audacity and the arrogance to stand toe-to-toe, face-to-face with God and say, what do you mean I'm not serving you? And you begin to list all of the things that you think you've done that's insolence, that's arrogance, that's pride, all wrapped up in this little bald-headed body. I can tell you. What do you mean I'm not serving you, God? I do this, 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 and I began to recount all of the works of my hands, all of the works that I thought I did. And I came to the end of the big long list, and I waited now silently And the Holy Spirit gently came again. And he said, Dave, didn't mean to hurt you, son. Didn't mean to make you feel bad. Didn't mean to discount all of the things that you've listed. But I just wanted to say this, if you'd have let me finish my sentence, if you hadn't have interrupted me. I just wanted to say, Dave... You're not serving me, I'm serving you. I'm serving you, Dave, and suddenly I broke. I broke. I I was overwhelmed by the fact that God, the God of the universe, would speak something so wonderful. So marvelous to me. And my mind suddenly went to the passage of Scripture that I'd read hundreds of times, that I'd quoted, that I'd preached, where Jesus said, I have not come to be served. I have come to serve. I have come to serve. Dave, I have come to serve you. Church, Jesus says to you this morning, I have come to serve you. And maybe... For a long time, we've got it the wrong way round. where all we've been thinking is, do you know what? We've got to get up and serve God. We've got to serve God well today. And God is saying, listen, guys, I'm here to serve you. I'm here to serve you. I am here. As Dale said, I'm telling you, that was the spirit of God this morning. That was the spirit of God. God is saying something to us. Dale said it this morning by the Holy Ghost. And I'm saying it to you now. Jesus laid aside his robes. In that upper room on that night that he was betrayed, all of the disciples were there. The towel and the bowl were over in the corner and everybody was looking at it because everybody knew it was the customary thing to do for somebody to take the towel and the bowl It was the most menial task. It was the lowest form. It was the lowest duty that anybody could undertake. Peter's looking in the corner of his eye. Maybe Andrew and John. Oh, it's there. It's over there. But we're not going to do it. To us, it means nothing. But to them, it was so important to the culture of that day. When When a guest came in, it was only right It was honorable for somebody to take the bowl and the towel and go around and wash the feet. Jesus laid aside his own garments and he took that bowl and he took the towel and he washed, he washed the feet. And I've often thought about that. You know, David in the Psalms prophetically told of the time where the heel... Of a brother would be raised against Christ in terrible betrayal and terrible denial. And Jesus tenderly held and took the heel of Judas and washed it. What is that? That's not a room full of disciples serving Jesus. That's Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of glory, serving his disciples. That's not us serving God. That's God serving us. And he washed the feet of the one that betrayed him, tenderly washed his feet, and enabled him to go and do what he had to do in the darkness of the night. And he did, in all of its fullness. And then he took the, the heel of Peter, the one that would deny him, washed his feet, served him, even though he knew. That Peter would warm his hands around a fire with Roman soldiers and a slave girl. And he would curse the Christ and swear against him and deny that he ever knew him. What about all of the miracles? What about all of the wonderful things that Peter had seen? And suddenly in a moment, he would fail and, 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 and deny Jesus. And yet Jesus on this night in that upper room, just washed his feet tenderly and let him go about his business. You see, we have to realize that the Bible, open it, see it, read it. The Bible is all about God serving us, not about us serving God. Look at every miracle. Look at every tender act look at every kind word every kind action every every form of comfort paul says in romans the god of all comfort comfort you what is that that's god serving you in your time of need That's God helping you. That's God coming to your aid when you can't do anything else. When there's nobody else around you that can do anything for you. When the world has left you, God will never leave you. God will never forsake you. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday. Today, yes, and forever. He will never leave you. What is that? That's God serving you. Saying, I'm with you. No matter what comes your way, no matter what emotional pain you have today, no matter how crazy it seems, no matter what your mind has told you about the future, God says, I'll rebuild you. I'll take the ashes of your life. I'll take the ashes of your life and I will make them beautiful. The only one that can, take, that, that can make beauty from ashes is God. None other than God can do it. When there's sickness racking our body and fear in our mind, God says, I'll be your healer. I'll be your protector. I will be your deliverer. I will be your fortress. He said to David, I'm an ever-present help in times of trouble. He comes as a servant, as an ever-present help to help you through your trouble, to maneuver everything. Paul, looking to the church in Rome, said, We know that all things work together for good to those that love God, to those that are called according to His purpose. That's God serving you and me. Working everything, every detail. Working it, mixing it, putting it all together so it turns out to be good. Good. You see, it's not about us serving God. It's all about God serving, about God serving us. Now to some people, they would get angry at that. They would get cross at the thought that we would ever dare to say that God is serving us, but we have it from His own lips. Every act of God, every miracle, Every form of aid, every form of help is God coming into the midst and serving us. We've been talking about entering into the rest of God from Hebrews chapter 4. And let me tell you, you can rest up because God's serving you. You can rest up because God is serving you, friend. He's serving you. Let me tell you. Let me tell you what happens when you don't allow God to serve you. You become heavy laden, Jesus said it. Let me read it to you from Matthew 20, verse 28. Oh, sorry, that's, uh, that's the one I've just referred to. Matthew 11, verse 28 to 29. He says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. You see, life outside of Christ, when we are working to do it, when we are working to get by, when we think that we have to be the big shot, the number one servant, when we think that we have to make it happen to impress God, that kind of life will end in burden. That kind of life will will end under a heavy yoke. Why? Because we weren't designed for that. We were designed just to trust God, to rest in God, and to let God take care of everything. He doesn't want you to take care of anything. God wants to to take care of it for you. And sometimes those kind of thoughts and that suggestion is so foreign to us. Why? Because we have a works mentality. But when God came into my kitchen and he said... You're not serving me, Dave. I'm serving you. Suddenly, that whole pattern of thinking and revelation washed over. A mentality that was stained with works, legalism. Do, 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 do. And Jesus is saying, done, 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 done. Finished. Seated. Seated. We weren't raised to work. You don't see anybody working in heaven that he raised to newness of life. You see everybody seated in Christ in heavenly places. Seated. A position of rest. A position where you relax because everything's been done. A position where you trust because Jesus has done it all. All you who labor and are heavy laden, come to me, he says. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. The moment, the moment you get yoked to Christ. The moment that you allow him. The privilege of serving you. The moment that you receive that invitation. And you take it. And you seize it. And you say, yes, Lord, I will come to you. I'm telling you now, you will find a rest for your souls. I will find a rest for my soul. That no trouble will ever perturb or break apart. He's wonderful. He's awesome. He's absolutely fantastic. He really is. And he wants us to know that he is here. To serve. He's here as a servant. Look at all of the descriptions that Jesus described the Holy Spirit with. He's a helper. A helper. He's the one that leads you into all truth. He's the one that comes alongside you when you can't go any further. The paraclete. And the paraclete would come under the Roman soldier and lift him. The the old soldier that had been working. The old soldier that had been in conflict, in battle. And scarred and wounded. And he could no longer walk any further. Because he was weak. He had no more strength in him. He'd been fighting, 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 fighting. And suddenly the paraclete would come under the Roman soldier. Lift him up and carry him home. You may be beaten up by life. You may be struggling with things in your world that you have no control over. And the Holy Spirit, the servant of heaven, comes as the paraclete and lifts you up. He's wonderful. He is the guide, the Bible says. Jesus said, he will be a guide to you. He'll guide you through. He'll show you the way. He'll lead you. Paul said, be led by the Spirit. Be led by the Spirit. He'll lead you. Come this way. Do this. Take that job. Don't take that job. Make that decision. Don't make that decision. He'll lead you. What is that? That's wisdom on another level. Intelligence. Divine intelligence on a scale that's unimaginable. Serving you. Serving you. Speaking to you. Enabling you to make the right decisions so that you can be successful. And he'll do that. He really will over the next, certainly over the next week and maybe a few weeks after, I'm going to look at this whole aspect from God's Word. And what we're going to see this is this. It's not about us serving God. We serve God. We serve God. There's no problem with that. I'm not saying we don't serve God. There are are numerous times in the Bible that talk about us being servants. That's fine. But I'm telling you now, all of our service comes as a result of God serving us. It really does. It really does. And in the weeks to come, we'll see some wonderful, wonderful things in how God serves us as His people. Amen? Amen. Father, we thank You today. For your word to us. To encourage us. We thank you Lord. This word. You want it to be a lamp. To our feet. A light. unto our path. Lord Jesus you want us. Maybe to have. New eyes. When we look at your word. Maybe. Lord we need that. Spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. We need to know you as you are. As you say you are. Not as who we think you are. Lord, would you give us eyes to see you in this way? Would you give us eyes to understand? To see that you are here to serve us. Lord, You said, in your word, he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how will he not with him freely give us all things? It's not about us serving you. It's about you serving us. You gave your son, Jesus, to serve us with salvation. And from his death, from his resurrection, you will freely give us all things. And today, Lord, we come to you and we thank you and we pray right now that this word will settle, will settle and land in our spirit. And that from our spirit, it will overflow into the broken areas of our soul. Into the areas of our soul that need restoration. Into the areas of our soul that are tired, that are heavy laden, that are worn down. That are like that bruised reed. That are like that smoking flax. That's about to go out. That this would land in our spirit. And it would overflow. Overflow. Because Lord we know. That you are able. To do exceedingly. Abundantly. Above all. That we ask or think. According to the power. That works inside of us. Now Father I pray. By the power of your Holy Spirit. That you would work inside, inside every person in this place this morning. Let your power go to work inside us as we leave this place. Let it work within us. And do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think. And Lord, if we've looked down on ourselves, if we've spoken bad about ourselves... Lord, we thank you that that power will dissolve. It will dissolve all of the negative stuff. Even the lies that have been believed. Even the the strong fortifications and towers in our mind. That power that works so mightily within us. By your spirit, Lord, it will disassemble every stronghold. And your people will be free. Lord, we thank you for the mighty move that's coming, the mighty wave of your spirit that is coming to South Wales. Lord, we thank you it may be held by a dam, but we thank you that there are cracks in the wall. We thank you that, that, there, that there's signs of water coming out of the cracks. We feel it in our spirit, and we know that you're going to do a new thing. Lord, we know that you're going to go into the dark valleys of this land. And suddenly there's going to be a fire. There's going to be a new song. A song from this land. Father, thank you you've not forgotten this nation. We thank you you're going to raise your church up. And there's going to be a glorious light in your church. And it's going to shake the powers of darkness. Lord, we thank you. You have one thing on your mind. And that is people. Jesus, you have one thing on your mind. It's not homes. It's not land. Lord, it's not business. It's not material things. Oh, Jesus, you want people. You are so hungry. You are so passionate for people. We know that the devil wants people. Lord, he doesn't care about cars, fancy cars and and clothing and all the stuff. He wants people. But Lord, we thank you. In the midst of this war, you will build your church. And the gates of hell will not prevail. So Lord, we stand as your people today. Come on, let's stand and say amen to that. In the name of Jesus, you're going to pour out your spirit on all flesh. Yeah, Jesus, we love you.